Hello, and welcome back. It's another episode of Junior Funners. It's uh, the podcast. Uh, it's all about Arsenal and all about whatever else we think of. Uh, it's brought to you by the Fun Boys, which is me. I'm Ollie. Hello. Thank you for coming. Lovely to see you. And uh, it's also Lawrence, who's uh, over there. Hello, Ollie, and hello, listeners. How are you? Yep. That's, uh, yep, Lawrence, over, over there, by over there, I mean at the other end of the Google call. Um, still recording in uh, isolation, recording remotely. Um, lockdown two, folks. We've talked about it before, but uh, it's back. Lockdown's back, baby. Oh, it's, uh, it's good now. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Arsenal, so let's do that now. jingle for our first segment arsenal news and uh boy oh boy um so we gotta <laughs> we gotta we gotta get into this and i think there might there might be a bit of a disagreement i don't know well because there's quite a key kind of uh i feel like there's a bit of an elephant in the room that needs addressing but basically um this weekend just gone arsenal had to play uh had to play leeds and I believe our respective predictions for the match were, Lawrence, you were going positive. I think you, you predicted 3-0. Is that right? Yeah, 3-0. Um, yeah, 3-0. Okay. And uh, I was slightly more pessimistic um, just to kind of, you know, mix it up for the sake of balance. I said we were going to lose 2-1. And... Um, I don't know, in true British fashion, uh, nobody wins and everybody loses. <laughs> yep. There are there are no winners between us, uh, but nobody's happy. Um, so ended up being a, a nil-nil draw, um, largely due to the fact that in the, what, 50th minute, 51st minute, um, Nicolas Pepe got himself sent off for being a very silly boy. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not going to, like, I'll bet for him when he's, like, doing well, but, you know, at the moment he's not on good form, it's just, I think it's a culmination, not been picked for the Europa League and and stuff, and apparently he's been uh, annoyed by that, and when he gets a chance, he gets a chance to play and uh, cocks it up, you know, it's you can't really defend it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've. I don't know. It seems to me like he is getting like minutes on the pitch in Premier League matches. I yeah, mean, in the, in comparatively, the League, yeah. you know, you look at yeah, you look at Joe Willock, who this was his first his first match in the league so far this season. He's been playing really well for Arsenal in the Europa League, but um, this was his first start or first appearance, full stop. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like Pepe's been getting quite a lot more. Uh, game time than than him but I mean yeah positives of the match um, Kieran Tierney played re- really really well I mean you know the, the defence had to do their bit because we really had to kind of ride it out we got lucky you know it, it Leeds hit the post quite a few times um, with shots that could easily have gone in but um, defensively everybody everybody did their job you know Rob Holding looked good Kieran Tierney looked very good defensively but also was clearly not just happy to settle for the nil-nil he wanted you could see him 
making runs forward and trying to push Arsenal up when they whenever they had the chance to. Um, but uh, yeah, and Burn Leno made some uh, some very important saves for us. Um, other than that, um, we didn't lose. Dismal I in mean, attack. Yeah, well, yeah, dismal, yeah. toothless up front. But I'll try to be a bit positive yeah. and say we didn't lose away at Leeds. I mean, it's you know they're they're a tough team. Much we don't. Yeah, but uh, you didn't lose, didn't concede. There's positive there, I guess. But yeah, it's just yeah, Arteta needs to like. I'm sure he knows all this. He needs to just uh, try and work something tech-wise. Like I don't know. You you yeah. saw the game. I mean, what what sort of general chances did they, did they create? Was it just sort of cross and hope, or was it kind of um, keep the ball, pass it, the best- walk it in? What was the general approach? It was, I mean, in the first half, there, there really wasn't a whole lot being created. It was it was kind of, uh, our set-piece play in particular was dog shit. Um, anytime we got a free kick in a promising area or a corner, um, and that was that was particularly disappointing because it was, you know, it was, I think of the three set-piece takers that we had out on the pitch at that point, it was Willian, Pepe, and uh, I think Danny Ceballos. And all of them were terrible. Like not 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 a one between them um, looked uh, capable of producing anything from either a free kick or a, a corner. And that, like I said, that was particularly disappointing in the case of Willian, who I was looking forward to having. Because to me, he he's been like the set piece guy for quite a while in the Premiership. You know, like it, like for Chelsea, he always looked. Even when Chelsea were crap, he always looked capable of you know producing something from a, a free kick or a corner. Um, so to see him like you know barely clearing the first man um, from a corner or whatever is very very disappointing. Um, but yeah, we sort of it, th- th- there was a couple of moments where um, there'd be a, you know a, a cross to be made or Aubameyang was you know was through and just took the wrong took the wrong touch or whatever you know to, just maybe in his head a little too much um wasn't able to take the the shot when you know at that split second that you know he would have done last season and you know bang when he was banging them in um so it it's as we've as we've discussed before there's clearly a confidence thing going on um the best chances of the match didn't really come until after pepe was sent off and uh, our uh, our boy, our uh, our beautiful son, Bukayo Saka, came on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Arteta would rather have not have had to use him in the match because he was involved in all three of England's matches. So I think he probably wanted to give him a rest. But, you know, having to reshape things after the Pepe red card, he, he came on. And, um, yeah, he made quite a few uh, decent runs and uh, got in some very promising positions, just couldn't quite finish it off. Um, and again, you know, being down to 10 men, Arsenal weren't able to, commit the men for you know when he did get up there uh Arsenal weren't able to commit the men forward to support him um because you know they had to make sure they weren't too exposed at the back so yeah um all of our best opportunities really came after we went down to 10 men but even then we still didn't really look um didn't look like we were going to kill the game off hmm yeah this is trouble right now isn't it with Arsenal um I'm starting to think that this whole Urzil situation is sort of like seeping into like the team now, almost like it's affecting like 
don't know whether there's some bad blood at the moment under the surface. I don't know. Maybe. Um. Um. It's, it, yeah, it's difficult to say. Um, it's difficult to say how much of a presence Ozil has kind of within within the squad and in the dressing room. Um, it's difficult to say. It, 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 you know, this whole thing it might have put a bit of a cloud um, over the whole atmosphere of the, you know, and like just among the among the lads. Um, but I don't know. I d- yeah, it, there there is like a there's a a lack of kind of killer instinct and creativity at the moment for sure. Um, but as we've said, you know, a million billion times, you know, just not convinced that Ozil would solve that if he was if he was playing these matches. I, I I think we would. I honestly think we'd be worse off. We might be, we might be scoring a couple more goals, but we would be. I think we would be worse off um, in terms of you know in terms of points on the board this season. Hmm. I don't know whether like. The Arsenal board or Arteta's thinking in in January of transfers whether um, someone because I've heard Zabozlai who's at Salzburg as a potential transfer, you know all these things, and maybe going mm. back for a Husemua, maybe whether he's just sort of yeah. looking in the future and just sort of we'll try and see what we can get from the results now and. Uh, Build upon it in January with transfers, whether or not he's trying to like, just like, you know. I do kind of get that vibe. Yeah, I I think, um, yeah, I feel like he's not done um, shaping this current squad, and he is kind of having to make do. I mean, bear in mind, you know, he was sort of limited on options this week. With you know, couldn't pick Partey because I think he picked up an injury on international duty, and obviously. Uh, Mohamed on NA testing positive for uh, the novel coronavirus COVID nineteen um, meant that he had to he had to isolate so he wasn't available for selection, um, and they've been kind of the two the two main guys for him, you know, in the, yeah. the centre of midfield. Um, so not having those options, um, but then you know he still had Xhaka and Danny Ceballos. Um, I yeah I don't know it, it, yeah it does it, it I. It wouldn't surprise me if there was um, a, a move for another midfielder, um, um, or yeah, or you know, another creative midfielder or a winger or something in uh, in January. Um, yeah, I mean, the other thing to talk about is you know, Nicolas Pepe. Um, Arteta seemed genuinely furious <laughs> with him in his uh, in his interview after the match. Um, he clearly didn't want to talk about it very much, but anytime the uh, well, the interview I saw um, immediately after the match on Sky, um, he just kept saying it was unacceptable. He wouldn't elaborate on it any further. That just kept saying it's unacceptable, which is fair enough. I mean, it, you know, it was stupid. It was it's just real kind of fucking basic shit that you can't do. You know, just like leaning in. I mean, it, it, it's called, they're calling it a headbutt, but obviously it's not. Actually, he hasn't actually gone and nutted the guy. He's just lent in with his head. The guy's stood his ground so that, that his head makes contact, and then Alioski, the the Leeds player, has gone down like he's been fucking, you know, like he's had his nose broken. Yeah. Um, and especially in the age of VAR, there's just you can't. There's nowhere to hide 
you know, with that type of shit, man. Like, you just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I... What to say? Um, I still like Pepe, but I, he he came out and apologised and said there was no excuse for it on on his Instagram. And uh, yeah, fair play, fair play. But you know, I don't know. Maybe he just needs. I don't know. Just maybe needs um a hand o- hand round his shoulder or something. Someone to like just give him like not just not beat down on him for about it. I mean, ever I can accept like. A, a, a mistake like that, but if it's like repeated, it's different. I think, but um, I don't know. I mean, I yeah, think- it's not like it, it. To be fair, it's not like he's doing that every match. I mean, Jacker yeah. has been sent off a fair few times for silly things, and he's, he's also been lucky to stay on the pitch following more than his share of silly things um, <clears> that he's gotten away with. But yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. It's not like he's been doing this every week. However, what he has been doing every week is um, just underperform. Just yeah just underperforming not being the guy and you know we can talk about the price tag for bringing him to the club all day long even removing that from the equation for a winger for you know for a for a player at his age at this stage of his career for someone that's starting regularly for Arsenal you just expect a better standard um, on a more consistent basis and it's what makes it more frustrating is that he's been playing so well in like the Europa League you know, he's able to produce these amazing moments of just magic um, with these brilliant goals that he's able to produce almost out of nowhere. And then when it comes to playing in the league, it's just that stuff just seems, I don't know, it just evaporates. It's like he's a different guy. All right. Um, well, I mean, I'll say you can't do much about his price tag. I mean, that was, wasn't that Raul Sol- yeah. Solani, whatever the fuck his name is? I mean that's unfortunate yeah. that they spent loads to get him in. Um, yeah, I don't know, but that's the thing. It, it, maybe he's just not handling the pressure right now. Maybe he's some. Maybe there's something going on in his personal life, or he's just, or he's just, he's crap, mate. He's rubbish. Not good enough for the Arsenal. Needs needs to go, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's just do that. Let's I do, mean, do the. Yeah, uh, he's crap, mate. I mean, he was doing pretty good. Yeah. Up Till the end of last season, he was he was probably one of the, in many ways, statistically one of the best best players last season. I think players just have their ups and downs, and uh, I don't know. Hopefully, he can uh, recover from this. I mean, look at Harry Maguire. I mean, not so long ago, <laughs> everyone was saying Fridge is useless, crap defender, and well, you know, all he needs are one or two games, yeah, and all now of a sudden. Everyone thinks you're bee's knees again. It's you know that's how fickle. Yeah, all is. of a sudden he's banned for Eng- You know he's banned for England, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. It, 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 as I say, you know, price tag. We can't really talk about that because it's been. Firstly, it's been talked about to absolute fucking death anyway. But also, it's just like. It, nothing can be done about that at this point. We have to kind of separate that from his, his current form. And it's just, I will admit I'm losing patience with him. Um, I, I want him to do well. I feel like, you know, I feel like <laughs> me and a lot of Arsenal fans have stuck by him for, uh, for a very long time, but um, 
Yeah, I just I I just dread another Ozil scenario where it's just he gets so many chances um and yeah, all of these all of these chances to kind of redeem himself and it just never for whatever reason he just never shows any kind of willingness to take them. You know, I think that's the most kind of galling thing about certainly about the Ozil uh, situation is that he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to have tried that hard. Um, and he talks about how hard he's tried and how, you know, he's sort of given everything to the club and whatever, but it's just like, I don't, I don't see it. I don't recall ever seeing it, you know, in the last, uh, in the last couple of years. So yeah, I, 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 I hope that Pepe is able to kind of use this pressure and prove everybody wrong. Um, but I don't know, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird time. I mean, he might not get, who knows if he even will get the chance. I mean, Arteta's been kind of pretty black and white with, um, you know, players that he deems aren't in the right, uh, you know, aren't in the right mindset for what he's trying to do. And like I said, he seemed pretty fucking pissed off after the match. So, I mean, yeah, he could end up, it could end up that, he, you know, it, like Gwendouzi, you know, after the Brighton match. Um, if Arteta decides that that's... <laughs> That you know, if he decides he's seen enough, it could be that Pepe's out on loan in January. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that, that could happen. Maybe it depends. I, mean, I haven't seen that any transfer rumors of any wingers, but um, you may just start giving someone like Reese Nelson a go, or um, yeah, I don't know when. Whenever um Martinelli comes back, but I'm sure he might just play him as a striker, but. I don't know when, where, if whether uh, someone like Emil Smith Smith Rowe will get a go, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, maybe. It's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of young, a lot of young wingers coming through the Arsenal uh, youth setup at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, we already know that Saka can do it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it could be that he's just that. That's it. That's enough um, for Arteta, and he's sick of, of giving him chances. But I don't know. We uh, we'll see. We'll just have to uh, bite the bullet and say, all right, the Goldbridges and uh, the United Trays of the world, he was a flop. Are you happy? You happy now? Mm. You got where you you got, you've been vindicated. Uh, Fuck off. Yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not quite at that stage yet. Um, But I will, you know, I'm not, I can't defend him, you know, especially in that match. Um, you know, I'm like I'm I'm done kind of sticking up for him um against uh, those types of um dipshits, at least until he starts to turn it around. Um because I mean what can you say? I mean it you know, it, it <laughs> they're calling him, you know, like inconsistent and just, you know, kind of like uh unreliable average, you know. It, it, well, uh, that says that's every Arsenal player right now. Um no, apart from uh, what Tierney and maybe Gabriel and Elneny. Yeah, um, it's three, yeah. three or four players. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Certainly, all of our our, our sort of our main attacking uh, guys are, are really kind of. Um, I mean, about I don't know. Dare, man, you've got to dare go I some Viagra say, or something? They're really. <laughs> dare I say, Aubameyang? He's fallen off tremendous. He's only only what one goal. And that was sort of penalty, and yeah, I think yeah, it, it's Aubameyang's got to find a balance um, because I feel like in the role that he's doing now, 
especially as club captain, um, he does come deeper a yeah. lot. Like he's not just up on his own as often as he was before. Um, he comes deeper a lot more to help track him back and, you know, helping defend and, um, you know, setting up uh, like counterattacks and stuff. So, it, but it obviously comes at the cost of the fact that he's no longer, he's no longer in that kind of um, through the middle center forward role where he can hold the play up or start to make a run and wait for somebody to, you know, uh, drop one over the top for him or whatever. Um, so yeah, there needs to be a balance because obviously, like, it, if we don't have his goals, like, what, I mean. Yeah. That's it. We're gonna get we're gonna get relegated, aren't we? Like, it's the, you know, we don't have him scoring for us. Like, what the fuck are we gonna like? How are we even gonna stay up? Yeah, we need. Um, is there anyone in the coaching staff who's like, can't I just bring in someone like Ian Wright or somebody to um, show how show yeah. how to you know where to stand, or where to position yourself, when to time your run, when to like, I don't know. Yeah, get like Bobby Perez. Yeah, you know so, he was the king at that type of shit. Yeah, sure it is. Yeah, Ian Wright. He, he was Robert Perez was so like Robert Perez was so good that he like managed to like make all those runs and play all those balls, even though he had flat feet. Like, can you imagine if like if his feet weren't fucked up? Can you imagine how good he would have been? <laughs> he yeah. would have, like. He'd have been like like messy. Like it, it's yeah. Like he was that good even with like weird feet. They were they were a different breed back then in our day. Uh, they were oh, yeah. hard lads, not like the today's footballers. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I got to interrupt you there, Lawrence, with some breaking news. And um, I do hope everybody listening to this is sitting down. Um, in the Manchester United Istanbul match, Man United have been awarded a penalty. Oh. God, what? Um, I'm sh- so, well, imagine my shot now. Uh, sorry. Now, bear, <laughs> bearing in mind, Bruno Fernandes already has two goals in this match. Uh, they're two nil up. Um, I think we can safely say that's going to be three nil because even if you know, even if he fucks up the penalty, he's going to be allowed to retake it. Let's face it. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's going on at the moment as we're recording. Also, at the time of recording. Um, our old friends Bournemouth are uh, are currently playing at home to Nottingham Forest. One nil uh, is the scoreline there. Um, very early lead taken by Bournemouth uh, through a junior Stanislas goal. Um, so, bring you more on that as it develops. Of course, uh, it won't be interesting or relevant to anyone at all listening to this because it will be well in the past. But um, you know, content is content, folks. You know, we got to we got to we got to fill you know an hour and change uh, each week. So. Well, da- no, David Brooks, do he's definitely going to United. David Brooks, uh, mark my words, screenshot this. He's definitely going to United. <laughs> definitely. God, Just, can you imagine how fucking... Don't they have enough players like that, like supposedly that are like him already? Well, it doesn't I feel matter. like they've they got loads of sort of... By, by everybody, <laughs> they can. Uh, Man United. Just yeah. like, whoever wants to play for Man United... It's true, yeah. Best club in the world. Best Biggest club, club in the world. world. Best club in the we can't, we can't, we can't keep talking about Man United. We because it is know, like it's it's becoming. We talk thing, as yeah. much about Man United as we talk about Arsenal now on the show. But I mean, yeah. it is. I. It's just where it's just it, it, not a whole lot to uh, shout about at Arsenal. We're sort of eh, we're sort of doing eh, average, not yeah. great. We need. Uh, 
Arteta needs to do something or he's out. He's out, mate. He's got to go. Not good enough for the club. Arteta <laughs> out. Have we got, have we got, I, I think we've got to stop being really yeah. clickbaity. Arteta out. Not good enough. Ozil in. Free Ozil. Uh, uh, st- set, uh, set yeah. Kronker. A Wenger back in. Then Wenger out again. Just to, you know, Wenger. Yeah. Shake him. Wenger uh, in. Wenger out. Wenger out. Uh, Wenger all about. Wenger. Mess around um, with zip coat again. You do the honky, the honky cronky, and uh, yeah. you turn around. <laughs> you turn around and don't invest in the club. Yeah, yeah. More interested in uh, in his Denver Nuggets. And you know, it's not a euphemism. He's hunting, hunting endangered animals in Africa because he's a bastard yeah, with the Trump boys. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. What else? Oh, the uh, we got a. I suppose uh, we're going to talk about the um, uh, the alleged training ground bust up between Danny Ceballos and David Luiz. Um, apparently, nothing to it. They just got in a bit of you know, bit of a, a heated gamer moment. Um, <laughs> except you know, nobody said the n word. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, apparently Arteta is more angry about the fact that it was leaked to the press uh, than anything else. Oh, looks as though Marcus Rashford is uh, taking the penalty for United, and he scored it. So, isn't that nice? Um, we love Marcus Rashford. Yeah, Sir Marcus, Sir Marcus Rashford. Um, good for him. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, what were we talking about? Um, uh, bust up, Danny Sabayas and Louise. Even Dennis Ceballos quote tweeted uh, David Ornstein, who's like the sort of uh, designated Arsenal oh, journalist yeah. guy, and uh, quote replied to him saying it was fake, not true, and all this stuff. Um, yeah. So I guess it wasn't then. He said so. That's yeah. how it works. Although, the, yeah, I suppose a, one piece of good news is that David Luiz had a, uh, done, a, done a baby uh, this week. He had a... He, New uh new Louise dropped. Oh um so he yeah, I think he had a he had a baby girl uh this week. So congratulations Congrats um to David Louise. Yeah. Take as much paternity leave as yeah. you want, mate. Don't come back. <laughs> Just don't come back. Just no rush. stay home. No rush. Look after your kids. Yeah. You love being a stay at home dad, it's great. Yeah. Um yeah. Um, so yeah, that, uh, is there any other Arsenal stuff to talk before we, before we do predictions for the next couple of matches? Um, there may be, but, um, I should really, uh, look up this sort of thing before I start doing a podcast on Arsenal. Um, yeah, I'll just, uh, copy what some other journalist says, but an Arsenal based journalist, you know, Arsenal correspondent is uh, mm. David Ornstein as Char- Charles Watts, Charlie, uh, you'll see been talking about uh, the Logan contract latest, uh, January transfer plans, uh, blah, 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 uh, Pepe's apology. Um, I've, I've, those, those are some options we've got. Uh, yeah. Um, fans, fans to return question. I don't know. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I suppose that's the that's the big kind of football story that's just kind of uh, world, you know, that's a worldwide thing, isn't it? That yeah, fans uh, fans could be returning to uh, or are likely to be returning to um, British football or English football um, after the uh, 
after the lockdown is over. I think it's up to 4,000 fans or up to 50% stadium capacity, whichever is, uh, whichever is smaller. Um, so, yeah. Um, be nice to have a bit of atmosphere in stadiums again. I just hope that, you know, it doesn't put anybody at, at risk. Um, so, in terms of predictions for the next couple of Arsenal matches, because I think between now and the next time we're likely to record, we've got um, Europa League match um, away at Mulder. Um, coming up this Thursday and then on Sunday uh, we're at home to Wolves um, so what do you make of, uh, of our chances in, in each of those matches Lawrence well again Wolves haven't exactly been great so far since uh, Jota left they've uh, been too wonderful I don't think Wolves have they I don't think so so I think we I, well I think I think yeah I think to, to, to cut Wolves some slack they had an insanely long season yeah um, last season didn't they? like they 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 had a, like their season ran for like fully 12 months with the uh, Europa um, hello we got a special guest is that my guest the dog you know, is, is yeah don't worry about him he's alright He's he's got an opinion on walls. Is 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 his sister's home? Yeah, I thought you heard me mention wolves and wanted to. Oh yeah, he's uh, a big wolves fan. Get in on the action. Um, but uh, yeah, so I I think yeah, wolves are probably just knack it because they've got a very small squad and the majority of those players would have been playing ninety minutes for every single one of those games. Um, so. I think, yeah, Wolves are probably just fucking knackered. Um, and then also the fact that, you know, they've, they've had to deal with losing um, Jota, who is, a, you know, a quality, a, a quality player for, for them and continuing to be a quality player for Liverpool. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Wolves haven't exactly been at their best, but then it's like... Well, they're they're, they're neither. just one point ahead of us in ninth place, mm. but still, it's still early days in the season. Anything could happen. I mean, all those... All those Spurs fans, let's talk about Spurs getting all having a big one just because they are top in top of the league. It's only nine games to go. You're gonna Mourinho's gonna fall out with somebody. Just you wait. It, yeah, I mean it is I mean it, yeah, I suppose we yeah, we probably should talk about that. Um we'll come back to the predictions. But yeah, Spurs currently top of the league. Um people are talking about them as genuine title contenders, uh somehow. Um I <laughs> I don't know, man. It's Spurs, you know. Even and I'm not just saying this because you know Mourinho is uh, is in charge. It's it's Spurs. When have you ever known Spurs not to uh, bottle something like this? You know, the number of times they've been in positions where people are like, "Oh, maybe it's finally going to come together for them," or that you know they're actually going to win something, um, and then they just fuck it up in an incredibly embarrassing way. I feel like the stage is set for them to do exactly that because beyond Son and Kane, I don't really, I, I don't see that as like a championship winning squad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't see the the quality in the rest of that team. I don't think it's enough to to win a title. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the thing. I mean, it's like it's like that meme with the two buttons. You know, you want Kane to get be injured so Spurs don't. Uh, <laughs> can't score goals or, and then or the other button is like keep Harry Kane fit for the England team and you're like which one yeah. <laughs> which one I mean yeah he's been he's been playing so many matches that is we are we must be so close you know he's not going to make it to the other side of Christmas without fucking you know 
snapping one of his Achilles or something. <laughs> like he's yeah. So he's he's gonna he's gonna get some kind of ankle injury or a knee injury um in the near future. And then, you know, Son is has been great for them. Son's been great for them for the you know the last few seasons, but he's really kind of coming into his own um in terms of a, you know being a, a consistent goal scorer. Um but yeah, like I said, I just don't I don't see the quality in in the rest of that team in the rest of that squad seeing them through all the way to the uh, all the way to the end. Um, even though you know, I know it's Jose. It's what he does. You know, he's a title specialist. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, so I, I, yeah, normally things fall apart around. You know, we. I mean, we. It's a well-established pattern. He, you know, Mourinho doesn't get more than three seasons at any club. Um, and I think we're, you know, what are we at now? This is this is just his second. Se- it's, it's, he didn't get a full season last season, did he? At, at Spurs, when did he join? I think it was was it around um, before Christmas? I think it was around yeah, sort of before Christmas time because he had that game yeah. for Tottenham against Man United, and I think he won at Man United. It was a whole thing. Maybe I don't know. I I think he, I, I think, think it was sort of around this sort of time last year. That yeah. came in. I think Poch might have still been in charge then, because I remember Man United winning, and it was like Ole was still the caretaker manager, and it, there was this whole thing of like, oh, it's the you know the caretaker Man United manager versus the future Man United manager, because everybody everybody wanted Poch to go to United for some reason. Um, yeah, but it, so it might have been just after that because they Spurs lost, and then that that might have been one of his last games in charge. Yes, I'm. I'm going to look this up so that we don't have. Um, it might take. We get fact checked. Yeah, I want to get fact checked. Uh, this may take a while, well, but um, um, I mean, I, I just bloody talk about. Oh God, it, it, it irks me. It irks me to <laughs> you have to acknowledge this club <laughs> for some reason. We have to acknowledge that you brought it up, yeah, dude. I know, you, you, I know, you, you, I know, you. I did, but at the same time, it's it's like, oh, jeez. First we got United, and now we got Spurs to have to. We're we're tight, okay? Yeah, yeah. Which was shut your shut your mouth. twentieth of November. So yeah, uh, yeah. So just uh, just over a year, and um, um, yeah. So. Uh, Nah, they, I, I, I think Liverpool still because they just even without Salah they still manage to get results, and that to me is a sign that uh, they probably will still probably do well this season. I still think I, my personal yeah, view I mean, is Liverpool know, will, will uh, probably win it again. I mean, yeah, that that's kind of the you know when we're talking about like the the quality throughout the squad to win a title. That's the you know that's the the the, the benchmark, isn't it? I mean, you know, the, Liverpool obviously being the the current holders and everything, but the quality throughout that team, given all the injuries that they've had as well, especially you know to their their defence, um, the fact that yeah, without Salah, they can still convincingly win a match, um, which you know, what what have we literally just been talking about? You know, if if Spurs, um lost Harry Kane for a few weeks or if they lost Son or both of them um, I don't see them uh, being quite being in quite the same kind of imperious form and let's not forget you know 
we've seen it. We've seen those cracks already this season. You know, they were literally three nil up against West Ham, yeah. and, and uh, boosted up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got pinned back right at the very end. Which is, you know, that is that's classic Spurs. That's Spurs in a microcosm. You know, that's been their last few seasons, isn't it? You know, they were like. They were when when Leicester won the title. They were pretty much the only team that could have could have challenged for you know could have yeah. challenged them in terms of going for the title, and they fucked that up. Like you know that was that would have been it if they were ever going to win the title. That was the season. Yeah, I mean, has Bell featured a lot at all with Spurs? I have like watched any any of their highlights or anything, so I don't know how who and what and the where now. But whether is Bell a regular now or is he? Still, sort of on the bench, comes on for last twenty minutes or something. What does uh, what's his what's going on there? Does anybody? He, I think he uh, he is uh, he tends to come off the bench when they play in the league, and I think he starts their Europa League matches. Um, I think that's kind of where he's at at the moment in in terms of kind of building himself up and getting used to playing regular football again. I guess, um, but yeah, they're certainly not. They've certainly not built the team around him at mm. this stage. Right. Okay. But yeah, um, my my pick's still uh, Liverpool. I think Spurs will bottle it up. I still think come January, if we can get Uar in or somebody like that, a creative midfielder, just to sort of... I think that would really help. We do just need a, yeah. a creative midfielder of some kind. Just to complete our midfield, Jack Grealish. Yeah, we just go for it. Just like, go with Jack Grealish. Absolutely, ri- and uh, a ridiculous bid, like hundred hundred and twenty million for Jack Grealish. Yeah, <laughs> just come in and swoop for him in uh, in January, um, and uh, he does his cruciate two matches in, and uh, and then is out for the rest of the season. Yeah. God, he looks like a sort of weird kind of. Is it? I hope this hasn't been said before. But does is it kind of sort of like looks like David Beckham, but with sort of Steve McManaman hair? He's well, Macca had like curly hair. Yeah, well, it's okay, it's but quite, it's always um, like it's always that sort of. It's very it's tall, long, but it's, it's very tall. High, lots of volume, but quick yeah, back. Yes, exactly. He's got great lift. He's got, he's got great lift on his hair. With a, with a sort of, um, yeah, he does look a bit like a like a Beckham kind of fetus. Um, with a, you know, with a Brummy accent, yeah. where David Beckham spent yeah. some time in around Birmingham. Spent some time away in Birmingham. <laughs> no, <It's> pretty, yeah, <laughs> studied uh, studied abroad in Birmingham. You know, they have, that's where uh, that's where the, the Peaky Blinders are set. You know, uh, yeah, I've heard of that show. Um, Never watched it, but I've heard of it. I've I've attempted to watch the uh, pilot episode twice, and I've ne- I, each time I didn't make it to the end. I just I couldn't. I don't know what it is, man. Just not not interesting to me at all. I don't I don't know why. I I should love it. I mean, it's, there's so many people in it that I love from other things. You know, like you know, Killian Murphy is usually brilliant in everything. Um, I think I was a bit put off by his accent. His accent's weird. I'm used to hearing him either do, you know, he's an actor that is really good at accents generally. You know, he does a very good American accent or, you know, he's, he normally speaks with his regular Irish accent. But his weird Brummy accent just kind of, I don't know, it hit like a weird kind of uncanny valley for me. I didn't, I didn't like it. <laughs> um, 
And then you got, you know, you got like Sam Neill and Tom Hardy and Helen McCrory, a lot of, a lot of great actors and actresses um, in it, but it's just pff, don't care. Don't mm-hmm. care. Uh, just uh, a brummy street gang. Fucking great. Okay. Whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think in this most recent season, Oswald Mosley shows oh, up. Yeah. It's sort of set around that era. So there's, you know, that's, that's fun. And I think it's like one of those things where even though it's set like a hundred years in the past, a lot of the soundtrack is still like modern music, like, you know, indie bands and stuff. Mm. So that's kind of a, that's, that can work, but I don't know. It's that, like, it's it, like it, a it's Knight's a Tale. Choice. A Knight's Tale. It's got, but it's got Queen and things like that. And that was well, yeah, Queen, Robbie Williams. Queen yeah. wasn't around in the medieval times, but but mm. there were queens. Well, so that yeah, the Queen was yeah, exactly. Um, so it's fine. But yeah, there's like yeah, like they, they got like idols and stuff on the soundtrack and stuff, and it's just like uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, uh, Peaky Blinders. Don't check it out, folks. Um, or if you have checked out and you like it. Don't tell us. Yeah. Uh, we do not care. <laughs> um, I wonder if, like, the I, I assume that that's where the whole thing of, like, lads wearing flat caps has come from, that mm, trend of, yeah. of uh, I think, blokes in their late 20s, early 30s wearing flat caps and yeah. looking just fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I think uh, as my, 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 uh, my theory is that uh, a lot of these shows are sort of a, a subtle way of sneaking sort of fashion into so so people start wearing it and be like oh just like that show yeah 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 i'm, I'm it's like i'm like i'm in it or something yeah yeah <laughs> sort of a weird association <laughs> to it it's things like that i think that, yeah. i think that's why the uh the top knot it's but yeah getting back to a uh, football arsenal leads you know the top knot um if it was started by yeah, uh, was it that Viking show where all of them had the top knot? Oh, maybe. So yeah. I'm starting to think that uh, that's where it all started. That show, it's, and, uh, but it it's it's never looked good. Yeah, like it, it's it's. I remember like back in like the early 2000s, David Beckham had one for a while, and like even he couldn't pull it off. Like he's you know yeah. supposed to be this sort of metrosexual fashion icon. Even he looked like shit with it. Like it's just that. What hope does anyone else have? And it's just like for some reason, it's like a prerequisite to getting let in the lead side. You have yeah. to have, you have to have a shitty top knot and uh, like a, a sort of wispy little beard. Yeah. Um. To to get in the lead side, I don't know why. Bielsa, man, you know he's a he's a he's a wacky genius. Well, isn't, isn't Leeds like a sort of trendy place up in uh, that part of uh, the country? Sort of lots of trendy people and. You know, I can't imagine that that's true. <laughs> home of the well, actually, no, it's home of the Kaiser Chiefs. So oh, yeah, you might be right. I thought they were more Sheffield, and uh, maybe I can't remember. She leads or Sheffield? No, they're they're Leeds. Oh, yeah. They're Leeds okay. boys. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, Arctic Monkeys are Sheffield, but um, oh, yeah. no, nah, Kaiser Chiefs are, are definitely Leeds. Um, man, oh man. Um, so yeah, getting back to the predictions for the next couple of Arsenal matches. So first up, we got we got Mulder on Thursday. How do you reckon we're going to do in that? Five 0 Arsenal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you know, last one was four one. Um, we've done very well in the Europa League so far. 
I mean, we, we, it's to be expected. I mean, you know, the group that we've got, we should, we should be doing very well, and we are. So, I mean, five nil might that could end up being it. I, I will say, um, I'll play it slightly safer and say two nil because the ego is taking a bit of a battering. I don't think they'll be quite firing on all, you know, full cylinders. But yeah, I'll, I'll say two nil um, in, in that match against Mulder. Um, and then, yeah, Sunday's match against Wolves. What do you what do you reckon? Two sort of two very off mm. uh, off form teams uh, there. So, what do you reckon the score mm. in that one's going to be? Maybe um, cagey affair, possibly a one all or a two one. I'm going to go two one to the Arsenal. Um, I think I think yeah, I'll I'll say two all. Um, I reckon it'll yeah. Like you said, it'd be a cagey affair. Probably, probably two shots on target for each side, but yeah. those two shots on target will be will be goals. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll say two all in uh, in that match. Um, so check back next week to see who was right. Um, I've already forgotten what we said, so uh, that'll be interesting. Um, any other any other football stuff? We've we've mentioned you know fans coming back to the stadium, which is. Uh, Potentially very good. Um, yeah, anything else? Well, um, no, I don't know. I just carry on. It, it's. Uh, I, I don't know if you know. It, it's becoming kind of a trope on this show that uh, you seem to be caught off guard anytime I ask you anything. Yeah. I should um, be more prepared. That's the problem. I'm not prepared. Or just you don't have to be you don't have to be scared whenever I ask anything. You don't have to you don't have to act like I like I'm trying to trick you, you know? It, it's uh, it, it's okay. I mean, you can just kind of there's there's a flow with all this stuff, you know? You can you can trust, you know, we're 37 episodes in, you can trust me. Yeah. There's not really nothing interesting I necessarily want to talk about. Uh Man City, Target, Graylish, Tuesday, Gossip. No idea. Um, <laughs> I think that's all, mostly. I mean, it's was rookie. It's Arsenal. Uh, didn't lose. That's, I'll take the positive. Uh, didn't concede. Didn't lose, luckily. But we just need to... Yeah. I don't know. Something needs to... Oh, it looks like uh, in the early Champions League kickoff, uh, this evening, it looks like um, our boy Olivier Giroud uh, scored a late winner for Chelsea. So mm. good for him. Getting a, another goal. Um, looks, as, I think he, I read that he's pl- he's hoping to get a move away from Chelsea in January, um, so he can boost his chances of getting in the France side um, for the Euros, um, which is fair enough. And it raises thirty four, so he is getting yeah. on. He kind of needs to. He does need to be kind of getting more regular football if he's going to make it into that. Uh, even though he is there, as we established last week, he is their uh, second leading goal scorer of all time, yeah. um, which is just great. Would it be more like, would he go somewhere like Juventus or would he like stay in London or? Maybe. I, I mean, Juventus do love to sign players in their mid thirties, don't they? That is, that's like, that's like their main thing that they do. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah. Was, was there anything else? I think we're, we're pretty much done on, uh, on football, aren't we? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um. Yes, that's better. More decisive. Okay, we're gonna take a, a quick break, and uh, when we come back, um, we're gonna do a uh, 
short quiz I've devised. And when I say short, it's very short. Um, for uh, for Lawrence, uh, we're going to do a, a true or false Star Wars quiz. So look forward to that, folks. And we're back. Um, so yes, as promised, we got a uh, a brief uh, uh, Star Wars quiz that I've uh, that I've compiled um, for Lawrence. We're not gonna we're not gonna quite uh, we're not gonna do the um, you know which Star Wars character is Lawrence just yet. I think we got we got to save that for a, a special episode. Maybe maybe when we get to fifty episodes, we'll uh, we'll bust that one out. But um, for the moment, I've got a, um, a very straightforward true or false quiz about uh, about Star Wars, about you know the making of uh, you know everybody's favorite uh, Disney uh, intellectual property. Um, so, I mean, like, how much do you know about you know kind of the the behind the scenes stuff? Have you seen the documentaries and that about you know the makings of, of Star Wars and all that? Well, I've seen some, not all of it. I think I may know enough just to get by, but we'll see. Okay, okay. You're feeling you're feeling confident. You get a, enough points Hopefully. to uh, average out a win. Hopefully, yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah, these are all uh, these yeah these are all true or false. Um, so first question, true or false? Uh, Yoda's first name is Jefferson. Um, that sounds so crazy that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, um, let's go true. Like that was a okay. Um, you're correct. Yes, Yoda's uh, Yoda's first name is is Jefferson. Jefferson Yoda um, is his uh, his full name. Um, so next question. So yeah, you got a, you're on the board. You got a point. Um, in the original shooting script for A New Hope, true or false? Um, in the original shooting script for A New Hope, Princess Leia is described as having, and this is in quotation marks, the nicest hooters in the galaxy. Seriously, you won't believe the jugs on this broad, Awuga. I'm going to say true. That's your final answer. Yes. Uh, unbelievable! Yes, that is that is true. Two out of two. So you're uh, yeah, hundred percent so far. That is uh, yeah. George Lucas had a uh, had a very clear vision for uh, for you know the type of woman that he wanted to play uh, Princess Leia. Um, so uh, question number three: um, True or false? Boba Fett in the in, so in the expanded universe we're talking here. So this is novels, comic books, video games, and, and what else? You know, what what, what have you? Uh, whatever else. Um, Boba Fett is canonically Chinese. Sorry. Um, yeah, let's go. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say false for that one. I'm gonna say false. Okay. For a for. Uh, I mean, uh, you're correct. Uh, for a for a bonus point, can you could you name what he what he is? What race he is? He's Mandalorian. No. Um, well, that's that's his creed. Uh, oh, his oh, okay. Um, isn't he like uh, I don't know, I don't know all the names. Isn't he what they call the um? Oh, I've forgotten the names. He's uh, well, he's he's not Chinese. He's Lao. Uh, oh, so that's uh, Lao. he's from uh, originally from Laos. Uh, um, so yeah, um, true or false? He's from Slough. Yeah, he's from it's it's pronounced sloth. 
Okay. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> um, true or false? Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher fucked in the carbonite chamber on the set of Empire Strikes Back. Definitely, definitely true. Uh, it's false. Oh. They fucked in the uh, the the Hoth base set. Well, you don't know. Um, Both could have happened, but I, it, you know, you know, they might have just not had time. Um. Uh, yeah, too too busy doing all their cocaine. You know, when he's frozen in carbonate, he's got his hands up, sort of at a spit, at a sort of side. You know, like he's like he's cupping, <laughs> like he's going in, cupping a pair. Yeah, he's he's going in for like a, he's yeah, like he's he's sort of, a, almost like he's pressing his face into him like that, sort of like trying to cop a feel and trying to smother himself in the bosom of a woman. Um, <laughs> the the bosom of a, that's my uh, that's my favorite Al Pacino movie, <laughs> the bosom of a woman. Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Um, uh, final question then uh, Max Rebo was originally written as a human and was supposed to be played by Randy Newman in Heavy Prosthetics oh I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say true like he's going to have a piano uh, unbelievable yes it is it's yeah. true he uh, yes he was uh, he's supposed to have a yeah a, he was supposed to sing in English with a human voice and he was going to be played by uh, by Randy Newman who had to drop out due to um Scheduling conflicts. He had a uh, had to get a wisdom tooth out. So uh, there we go. That's uh, that's our Star Wars quiz. Maybe we'll do some more true or false um, Star Wars trivia um, next week. Who knows? True or false? Am I in love with Daisy Ridley? Uh, find out next week. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, real heads will know. True, true listeners will know uh, the answer to that already. Um, Oh, looks like Bournemouth have gone two nil up. Uh, Junior Stanislas uh, putting them two 0 up from a penalty. Um, so it's nice to see other teams besides Man United uh, getting a penalty. Um, so yeah, two 0 up against um, our good friend Mark Goldbridge's team, uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, uh, his uh, his number one favorite uh, favorite club. Um, that it, yeah, I I mean again, not to harp on it too much, but yeah, something that is starting to. Um, make me think I'm going to have to just pull out of uh, football Twitter altogether because I'm not like that involved in it as just a couple of people that I follow. But um, the the fact that none of them seem to know what ratio means. Yeah. Like, you know, I, to, to people that aren't as uh, terminally online as we are, like if, you know, if you're on Twitter, say for example, I had like a, you know, I was, I, I was somebody famous on Twitter, you know, I, you know, I got like the blue, the blue tick next to my name and I've got like a couple of million followers or or whatever. If I tweeted out something that was like demonstrably uh, wrong or just like a stupid thing to say. So say for example, I tweeted out like uh, Lawrence is stupid and ugly and nobody likes him. You know, something that is demonstrably wrong. Uh, Um, I'm sure you get it. I'm sure you could get, go viral that one. And I would help you tweet and like that. But, but the, the, but, Crucially, in that context, right? It, I'd say in that context, the only context for uh, the use of the term ratio would it, it specifically means that if you do a tweet that has a higher number of replies yeah. than likes, yeah, you know, so you've got more people. Typically, if you've got more replies, it means that people are disagreeing with you. They're yeah. replying to you directly because they disagree with you. You know, they're calling you a dipshit or whatever. Um, so you got like you know, I say for example, I got uh, two thousand likes and eighteen thousand replies. You know, that would be that's yeah. that's a ratio. That is, you know, the number of replies that I've gotten is significantly higher than the number of likes. You know, yeah. people definitely disagree with me 
more than they agree with me. Um, these fucking like <laughs> peanut shell brain people on football Twitter just seems to th- they just seem to think that ratio means like to just just getting owned, like yeah. just being like you know. Oh, the ratio on this, and it's just like the tweet mm. will have like 180 likes and four replies, and it's just mm. like because four of the replies are people that are like trying to dunk on them. They're like, oh my god, the ratio you've been ratioed by, and it, you know, yeah. I saw one where it was like the guy had like a the guy had like a the guy replying had a uh, like a Pepe Avi, and it was yeah. just like, <laughs> oh it? my god, ratioed ratioed by a flop. Like I've been ratioed by a flop, and it's just like what like. It's one guy. Like, like that's not what a ratio is. That's yes. That's the <sighs> problem with a lot of these words on the interwebs. Is they gradually, in no time at all, will lose all meaning. It, it, every fancy buzzword dis- that comes I along. I despair for the state of the English language. Yeah, I, I, I truly do. The the, the, uh, does yeah. nobody? Does nobody care about grammar I anymore? I, I, no- I do. I do. I'm a real, real sticker for. Grammar and what the correct hoopst, hoopst will of, stick up for the humble grammar. I I will. I'm the gran- grammar simp over here. The grammar. Yeah, uh, the, grammar simp. Um, Man. yeah, just whatever. But it's just words mean whatever the fuck these days. Uh, people say whatever. Yeah, I mean, language is an evolving construct, but still, it's like ratio has like a meaning within social yeah. media already, hmm. especially on Twitter. So, like, just the fact that these dullards uh, don't know what it is um, and are just using it as a as a synonym for owned is just I like I. I don't know how it's exhausting. Uh, how quote unquote extremely online like most of football Twitter is. I tend to think they're very normie people. Maybe they just they like their football. They but prob- they post. Like some of these guys post like fifty times a day. <laughs> uh, well, that could be t- like, just because it's, it's lockdown, but um, I don't know. But um, yeah, but then it's but then like what what are they if not extremely online? Like if you're making that yeah. many posts, like what are you if not online? Okay, I, I was thinking more in like I don't know, maybe you're like really into the memes. Really into the the the, the memes. <laughs> I have no idea. But that's that's, that's its know. own that's its yeah. that's its own form of uh, of uh, of online, isn't it? Like that's it's a different it's a different area. You know, it's not the well we know to to quote our good friend Jermaine Genus, it's a different area. Um, yeah. but it's not <laughs> just because it's you know it's a different sort of part of online than the one that we're normally in. But it's still being very online. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's there's. I mean, they they all have. There's no. There's nowhere good. They all have nowhere good online. A lot. I I do tend to think that the most of these big accounts are all just the same person. They're all all their posts are the same. Just swap club name or player name. Such as such has. I mean, I'm more. Such as such than this player or this club has had more than this club. That's the. Ratioed by by a picture of uh, Henri or something, you know. It's, uh... Yeah, I mean, it is like you you've sort of nailed it, really, because it is like that their dedication to though that particular like format or the the, the specific formats that those tweets um, that those accounts tweet in rather hmm. does kind of indicate that it could it, it could easily just be an algorithm, like it's all being run from like one guy's laptop. 
um, and he's just set up like sixteen thousand different football Twitter accounts, and they yeah. just you just swap out the names depending on what club you your you know that particular bot supports. You just swap the names out, and it is always like, yeah, um, I can't believe, yeah, it's like. I can't believe that so-and-so has had more touches than so-and-so has played minutes in the Champions League this year. It's just like just something that sounds like a statistic but isn't. It's just nonsense. It's you know, just something that's just gibberish. Um and that's that's an entire like there's tens of thousands of accounts on Twitter just tweeting that stuff. It's amazing. Um I'm pretty sure United Trey is a bot. Um because yeah. I, I saw <laughs> I saw um Goldbridge tweeting about like some United press conference where the journalists were asking about Martial's poor form. Um, and Goldbridge was like, Goldbridge's whole thing at the moment is, uh, is agendas. He's like, you know, he's like, Oh, <laughs> yeah. they've, they've got an agenda. It's just like, yeah. anytime anyone says anything negative about anything, it's an agenda. And it's just like, I, again, not I don't, you clearly do not know what that word means in this context. Like it's similar to the ratio thing. It's like you know, mm. like uh, he's they've got an agenda against this player that's crap, but it's just like, well, I mean, yeah, <laughs> like if the player's crap and they're pointing it out publicly, uh, yeah, I guess that's an agenda. But like, is that is <laughs> is that bad? I, like, what, yeah. they're biased against this player that's that's not performing well or they're biased against this player that's uh that's demonstrably shite um but yeah he was tweeting about the fact that like yeah they're going after martial's poor form currently and he listed a bunch of other united players that haven't been playing well um and uh united trey replied disagreeing with him i think it was rashford was was one of them that he listed saying like rashford hasn't been playing well lately and he disagreed saying um disagreed initially saying that rashford has been playing well and then uh, literally like six minutes later, he replied to his reply saying, actually, Rashford hasn't been good since the, the Leipzig match. Yeah. And it's just like, what? <laughs> like, if that's true, why don't you just delete the previous tweet? Why did you then have to reply, like, uh, con- like just deliberately going against what you just said? Like, it's actually Rashford is good. Actually, Rashford is bad. Actually, yeah, Rashford is bad and has been bad for several weeks. Yeah, I'd, I, you know, um, what do you expect from United fans? Do you expect any uh, logic and consistency? They're all all these guys have rocks in their brains. Yeah, Seriously, they're, it's just they're like, pea-brained. And it's, and it's not even just it's it's a football Twitter thing. It, yeah, it's not even just United fans. Although, uh, you know, as we've said many times, amongst football fans, United fans are a special breed um, in terms of just being, you know, fucking morons. But. Um, yeah, man. Like I said, football Twitter. I think I've got to for my own for my own health. I think I've got to I've got to <laughs> um, leave that shit behind at least for a while. Yeah, I, I go for a phase of following a couple of Arsenal fans, and then a couple of months later, unfollowing them all. And yeah, it's just it gets a bit repetitive after a while. It's like God damn, it, having the same conversation every day, every every time, just the same. Mm. Arg- arguments and it's just what is what is the, what are you achieving yeah what have what progress have you made it is uh, especially because it's like as we were just saying it, it because it's it's all those guys post about as well like 
you know, we do a football podcast where I would say it's probably a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split, you know, in terms of when we talk, you know, we talk about football and then the rest of the podcast is just talking about other bullshit. Um, and it's the same with, you know, when we're, when we're online, when we're tweeting, you know, we, we, we do tweet about football. I mean, we tweet about football even less than we talk about it on this show, but it's, you know, we're talking about lots of different stuff. Um, but that's all these guys post about like multiple times a day is like you said, the same, the same arguments over and over and over again with just nothing else to, to break it up or fill in the time. That's all they want to talk about. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm looking at, uh, the, cause you don't even have to follow like an individual account. You could just follow a topic. Now you can follow a topic and it's just like, that sounds awful. It's, Yeah, it's very uh, boiler, basic takes all the time. It's just stick a picture of any footballer underneath and it somehow always gets way more engagement. That's the trick. You just... Uh, there was a guy that either either Goldbridge or United Trey retweeted that um, his tweet was like, it costs zero pounds to retweet my work. And it was like a selection of his uh, his artwork where it was just like... Badly shot, uh, badly photoshopped pictures. Oh yeah, of there's footballers. a great. Yeah. The every time like the, after oh each after each match, they always do the you know when he comes home and empties his pockets, and there's always the player that they uh, kept quiet for that game or whatever. And it's yeah, yeah, that's always a that's always a if you want followers and engagement, of, that's always the easy one to do. One of the ones that this guy had was. Um, the like the famous promotional photo for Breaking Bad, where it's like um, Brian Cranston's character Walter White, like sat in a in a warehouse uh, in like the the yellow hazmat suit, like he sat on like a deck chair in like a you know in a, in like a sort of grimy looking warehouse surrounded by big boxes of uh, of meth in this this yellow hazmat suit. Except it was um, <laughs> it was a it, he like photoshopped it so that it was uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. In like a black and white hazmat suit, surrounded by um, just piles of cash and like random footballs, like just loose footballs. But what was so great about it was that he hadn't got he hadn't got the scale between Cristiano Ronaldo's he- head and uh, Brian Cranston's body even remotely right. Like, mm. like, like, like Ronaldo's head is like maybe a third of the size it should be compared to the body that he's using for it. <laughs> It's yeah. amazing. It's like it, yeah. It's like you sort of mid uh, that like head shrinking spell at the end of Beetlejuice. Like it, it's it's incredible. Like this is supposed to be the sort of this big kind of badass kind of Scarface type uh, image, and it's just like yeah. But why is his head that you know his head's fucking the size of a cricket ball? Like what <laughs> what the fuck is going on? The the, the real uh, uh, elephant in the room is uh, Goldbridge and his sandwiches. Uh, speaking of uh, mm. bad food posts, and uh, <laughs> that, that sandwich looked like it was ninety percent um, uh, human sperm. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I mean it, it's um, really doing nothing for the reputation of British people uh, posting bad, like you know, doing bad food posts. Um, yeah, really not helping the cause there. And also on top of that, he just he looks like absolute 
dog shit in the photo as well. Like he looks, he's like, I don't know. One of those guys where it's like, if you told me that he was like 32 years old, um, but, but he looks like he's in his early fifties, I'd, I'd believe it. Like he's just got one of those, one of those faces that's kind of like baby faced, but also just incredibly haggard somehow. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, it's the, uh, it's a funny chap that Google. <laughs> like we're so we're like, we're so obsessed with him, but, but yeah, we are because he's so funny. He's just so it is yeah incredibly I mean, funny. It's, it's yeah. He's always doing something that I replied just amuses to, me. I replied to one of his tweets where he was calling uh, Arteta the uh, Spanish Tony Pulis. Mm. I just said uh, that, yeah, says the English Alan Partridge. Yes. The, um. <laughs> that's like saying uh, the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the B-Tech Alan Partridge. That's what he's saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that is, the yeah. B-Tech, the, the B-Tech, this and, oh, yeah. Man. I mean, it, it, yeah, that, I mean, we're talking about like formats that those guys love. That is, that's kind of, that's Goldbridge's bread and butter. No, no pun intended. Well, he doesn't eat bread and butter. He eats bread and spunk, but you know what I mean. Mm. That's that's human butter. Yes, <laughs> man, man butter, man butter. Um, that's probably been like an advertising campaign for some butter company, isn't it? At some point, man butter. <laughs> Spread it wide. Man. <laughs> Not easy oh, man. to Speaking spread. of butter, um, do you remember that uh, when when John Lydon was doing those uh, those butter adverts. Oh yeah, very and, punk. Uh, and then this week, incredibly punk. Yeah, um, but then the, yeah, there was that news story this week that a uh, he was apparently trying to rescue some squirrels and a flea bit his penis. Ah, <laughs> uh, number of times that's happened to me. Oh, God. I hate it when that happens. I hate when I'm trying to rescue some squirrels and a flea bites my penis. Was it flea from the chili peppers or an actual? Flea. Uh, that might be yeah maybe because flea is like a big punk guy so maybe he, yeah were they were they off, were they I off mean, together like, sort of you know off, off. john lydon is just such a cunt i mean like you know there's putting aside all the stuff where he's you know he's wearing like you know uh make america great again t-shirts and that it's just he's just so shitty in terms of like everything that you know he's sort of he's supposed to be this big punk icon and whatever and he's just like I don't know, man. He's, he just seems fucking miserable. Like he's just a, like there was some uh, like big punk event, like sort of like punk convention or whatever going on in um, in New York a couple of years ago. Um, and there was this panel where it was like it was Henry Rollins, uh, Marky Ramone, and a couple of other people, like you know, like a, like CBGBs, like New York American punk acts, I think, and that like and John Lydon. Um, and John Lydon was just, just like acting like a complete prick to all these other bands because obviously, like, he's spent decades believing the hype about himself that the Sex Pistols not only invented punk, but perfected it. Um, when in actual fact, you know, they were more or less a boy band that were put together by Malcolm McLaren and released one album, uh, on which there are maybe six good songs. Um, but like, yeah, he was just, like he he because he was talking about uh, Henry Rollins, famously you know fronting the legendary hardcore punk band Black Flag, 
Um, and he was like, yes, we never, we never liked black flag. We used to call them pink flag. It's just mm. like, it's like, what are you 10? Like Jesus Christ. Like such a fucking like, like little kid insult. Oh, more like pink flag. Yeah. We, we can't be too harsh on him because supposedly he is an Arsenal supporter. I uh, just Googled. Is he? Yeah. Fuck him. I don't want it. So is Peter Morgan. <laughs> I know. So is, like, he can yeah. fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Don't want him. Don't yeah. want him. Well, that's the uh, that's the thing with punk, isn't it? You've become a awful sellout or yeah, you uh, die at the age of 27. I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> it, like, it, yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys did, but then it's also like, you know, Henry Rollins has turned out pretty cool. Like, you know, he's a punk guy and he's, he seems all right. And like, yeah, he, like John Lydon was, he was slagging off the Ramones as well. And it's like, I think it's pretty widely known that like when the, when the Ramones toured the UK for the first time, they played in London and it was basically like, like the clash pretty much formed immediately after. I think like Joe Strummer and maybe Mick Jones, Joe Strummer was definitely there. Like they, like they hung out with the Ramones afterwards and like started the clash more or less that day. So it was like, you know, the Ramones pretty much brought punk to the UK as a kind of, as a concept or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, but again, John Lydon has spent 40 odd years with every music journalist um, in the UK telling him, you know, how great he is and telling him that he invented punk and everything else. Um, so yeah, he was just being like really shitty and rude to, to Marky Ramone and saying that Ramones weren't very good and everything else. And it's just like, oh man, fuck you. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, I think he's just the greatest guy. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> this is awkward, but he's actually my godfather. Yeah, so, no, um, he's, he's over here right now. Um, sorry you had to hear all that. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've never, if I'm honest, I've never been a Sex Pistols fan. i just, just not really into punk in general really uh, if I'm honest uh, like, dare I say it, I mean yeah like I said there's like there's like six good Sex Pistols songs and it's like it's annoying because those six Sex Pistols songs are like hugely influential you know they kind of they, they you know they sort of changed a lot of people's lives um, mm. you know a lot of you know uh, a lot of musicians that ended up making a lot of music yeah. that we really love um, were kind of turned on to guitar music in general by the Sex Pistols. So like I said, there's like five or six really, you know, I would say absolute classic Sex Pistols songs. Um, and that's the, like, that's it. Like they, they've sort of, they've got this entire legacy, this like 40 or 50 year old like legacy just off of those songs. It's, it's, it's crazy. There's not even like, there's not even a good Sex Pistols album because they made one and a lot of it is trash. <clears throat> um yeah what can i bring to this discussion um um i don't uh, <laughs> well do you want to mention the uh because the, like the thing that like every uh music documentary every bbc music documentary i would say for the last 10 15 years um seems to be legally required to mention the um, the Manchester Free Trade Hall gig that the Sex Pistols did because that you know like the story goes that every basically everyone in everyone that formed the band in Manchester basically was at that gig and then went on to form yeah. you know like you like the Joy Division guys and Buzzcocks and 
Mick Hucknall from Simply Red and Scree Pilitti and you know basically everybody that was on Factory Records and everyone everyone from Manchester in like the seventies and eighties that was in a band were at, was at that show, um, and that seems to be crowbarred into more or less every music documentary that's been on the BBC for the last, like I said, ten fifteen years. Finish the um, opening bit in Twenty Four Hour Party People. I don't remember is like it is. They're yeah. all in the. They're all waiting for the Sex Pistols to come on. Something like I can't remember exactly now. It? Doesn't it all end up in a big riot, a big riot or something? I can't remember. Probably, yeah. I mean, like there, there was like barely anybody in the audience, um, uh, but yeah, it was, like they probably ended up fighting. I mean, that was sort of how most of those, especially after Sid Vicious joined the band, that was sort of how most of those gigs ended. I mean, like while we're on the subject of cunts, I mean Sid Vicious, man, fuck that guy. Um, you know it. <laughs> Weird that he became like a punk icon for literally just being an abject cunt. I mean, like, you know, he's like not even just truly embodied nothing, stood for nothing, uh, couldn't play. Be- it, his bass was not plugged in at most of the gigs that he played with the Sex Pistols, uh, and he didn't play in any of their records. Um, but because Malcolm McLaren liked him and thought he could get, you know, headlines, they, him and John Lydon basically forced Glenn Matlock out of the band who, Glenn Matlock, who wrote all the Sex Pistols songs, um, they yeah they kicked him out of the band and uh, replaced him with this uh, fucking uh, poser. Yeah, I mean, like not even just a poser, like a guy that like you know he just used to asshole. like torture and he used to torture and kill like neighborhood cats oh. when he was a kid, oh, like well, you know he's like proper like an act, like jail. a genuine like serial killer, like you know like like proper like serial killer behavior. I mean, well. We know that he ended up, you know, spoilers for spoilers for the Sid Vicious story. Yeah, he ended up murdering his girlfriend and overdosing on heroin. But like, yeah, it's, uh, oh, yeah, oh dear, um, yeah, oh dear. man, fuck, yeah. So fuck the Sex Pistols, man. Uh, fuck John, mm. fuck John Lydon, fuck Sid Vicious, fuck Malcolm McLaren. Um, yeah. Should we do some uh, cultural appropriation? We should probably <laughs> yeah, balance this that, out with some stuff positive. that we do like. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, we should talk about some stuff that we do like. I feel <laughs> okay. Cultural appropriation. Then this is the bit of the show where we talk about things that we do like and that are good, um, and we recommend them to uh, to you, the listener, because you might enjoy them or appreciate them. Um, so yeah, Lawrence, what do you what do you got this week? Um, today, this week, it'll just be. Um, the, I've mentioned Sunset Roller Coaster before. Uh, they are a band from Taiwan. Let's get that right. Me, mm. last time I said the wrong place. And they got a new album out. It's called, uh, it is called, Yeah, I get it up here? It's called Soft Storm. Came out recently. Uh, half hour long. It's, uh, it's uh, how can I describe it? Just very sort of chill. It's very, uh, I don't know. Hey, it's, it's that kind of... Um, I don't know what to call it. So very, so very seventies kind of you know R and B kind of feel at the, at the same time, mm. but also got a lot of synth with a bit of funk. It's, it's all very chill, you know. It's all very a little bit. Uh, is there anything like uh, like Whitney? Anything like uh, like like that kind of? They're kind of got like a seventies kind of R and B vibe. Have I heard of Whitney? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know about. Whitney. Yeah, um, it's just just giving me Whitney Houston. Um, mm. 
I have not listened to Whitney, so I don't know. Okay, I thought you had. I, 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 may... I, thought, I swear we talked about Whitney on the podcast before. Never mind. I, but yeah, forget I said that then. I'd have to check, but I... Yeah, the, it's, it's all very... Um, yeah, it's nice. Uh, it's not It's not heavy. It's not loud. It's all very um, chill, funky stuff, synths, and it's, it's got that very sort of 70s... Uh, R&B, soft rock kind of stuff. And mm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, yeah. Chill, chill vibes. Chill vibes, yes. Chill vibes. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, so that was, sorry, that was, uh, what were they called? Some, was, Sunset, Sunset Roller Coaster. Roller coaster. And uh, what was the album called? I think it's, uh, here I go again, I forgot. <laughs> I closed down the thing. <laughs> And I'll go I think it was called yeah. like Soft Storm. Yeah, uh, Soft Storm, okay, yeah. We get we gotta prepare more for this uh, this fucking yeah. thing. Um uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Anything else? Anything else to, to recommend? I'll I'll I will ask before the very last thing of the show this week. Was there any Bigfoot news? Um none at the moment. Unfortunately I've been just checking and not really a whole lot, just a lot of dumb videos yeah. and stuff. I would imagine he's still locked down, probably. Yeah. He's, you know, he didn't get this far by, uh, you know, not yeah. being sensible about health risks. So, yeah. Um, there were some okay, some then. people who speculated, though, I will just sort of off topic, that some people speculate that's why they avoided people, like when the early uh, colonizers, is that the right word? Settlers, colonizers. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. They, they well, yeah. I like, think settlers would have been like local people, and then colonizers would have been uh, yeah us, basically the and uh, white British people bring in like disease and things. And they think some people have speculated like it's whether or not you want to believe them. That that's why they avoid humans because they think we spread Possible. disease. You know, so they that's why they avoid us. Some have I mean, speculated. It's not wrong, you know. Especially with, like, you know, if we're talking about, like, across across America uh, around, you know, around the time of the, you know, early colonialism, you know, we we literally brought over blankets infected with smallpox, you know, so it's, it's yeah, I mean, Bigfoot, Bigfoot might have seen what happened to the Native Americans and was just like, oh, no thanks. Yeah. That's a, that's a good... Uh, I'm going to make myself scarce. Good, uh, good reason. Oh, it's just a natural human, uh, animalistic fight or flight response to there's something that that shouldn't be yeah. here i'm just gonna avoid it kind of thing that that could potentially yeah. kill me or yeah eat me yeah is it? A, yeah another another predator that's uh yeah literally uh killed off a bunch of its self uh you know it's yeah. it's already killed a bunch of other humans uh so mm. why wouldn't it kill me it's just turned um, up in that big metal box on wheels and it's peeing up a tree uh, yeah. Geez, you're coming to my house and you're, you're, you're pissing I, d- the tree. I just I just swept that tree. Yeah. God damn it. That's my favorite tree. I just I just marked that tree with my own urine and now you're yeah. fucking up the now my my dickhead neighbor is going to think that he can come over here and I don't want yeah. him to and it's going to be a whole thing, you know, like Bigfoot <laughs> Bigfoot Flanders is going to come over and I don't want to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah, that was. A, um, I, I could bring that up in a, one of these documentaries that I watch. One of my more favorite Bigfoot documentaries. Flanders. No, it's a Bigfoot. Uh, it's called Bigfoot Monster Mystery, but it came out in '96 or so. 
and there's this guy who lived in a trailer just on this logging road and he shows the bloke who's sort of doing the documentary that he thinks like there's like almost like a border dispute between two sort of uh, <laughs> groups because there's like trees that have been like his his idea that they came through this area and there's been trees smashed up and trees knocked over this is like a <laughs> almost like this is like the borderline or something i have no idea maybe yeah i mean could be yeah i mean if there's enough of them yeah you got like two two warring factions two you know two uh two different tribes as it were yeah um yeah it could will be like a territorial dispute or like a you know dispute over resources or something it's yeah um uh yeah so was it sorry i got distracted checking on the, the scores here um i'll, I'll recommend i'll one. recommend it if you want because it's a bigfoot monster mystery because uh if you can find it on youtube but it might be under <laughs> sort of hidden names because it gets taken down a lot because it's national geographic so but people put oh yes yeah, uh, by disney so yeah they upload it and it stays there for a while but you'll know it because at the beginning of the documentary you'll have this guy called henry franzoni who's He's kind of a kooky guy himself. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry, Henry, Henry, Henry Franzoni. Fran, Henry Franzoni. Uh, oh, I thought like yeah. friends as in like, yeah. you know, he can't, no, no, no. he can't ever make it with a chick because he gets friendzoned. Yeah. And, um, oh, I'm friendzoni oh. over here. And, uh, it I starts, don't value friendship with women. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, it starts off with him playing drums in the woods because he thinks like, he says later on in the program that he thinks like Bigfoot will maybe like hearing uh, me playing drums. <laughs> John Bonham was a Sasquatch, yeah. so I'm trying to I'm I'm bridging the gap. He's he was kind of one of these kooky guys. It's quite funny in the documentary where he talks about like whether he's talking about the bloke who lives in the trailer. So he's like, you go, you should go up and meet him. But I don't know whether he's a legitimate guy because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, screwballs out there. Yeah, people who play drums in the woods. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to talk to this guy. He's a real weirdo. Anyway, let me show you my drum set. My drum kit. I that's out here in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> me, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna play the solo from Moby Dick and see if Bigfoot shows up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> be funny if you did. Um, uh, Istanbul have pulled one back, incidentally. So it's three one uh, now. Man United Istanbul with about five minutes to go. Um, so come on Istanbul, tie it up at three all, or maybe go for the winner. I don't know. You can, you can do it. I believe in you. Um, so for my recommendation this week, I, I, uh, I think I just the one I think that I can, I can think of, but, um, I recently started listening to, uh, Mr. Bungle, um, the, mm. uh, other band that, uh, Mike, Mike Patton, I think, you know, mm. most people know him from, Faith No More, among his uh, myriad of other uh, projects and bands and stuff that he's been involved with. Um, so Mr. Bungle, I think they, they reformed at some point last year um, to do a series of shows specifically uh, in order to basically uh, sort of play this uh, this long-lost demo. I think it was an early demo. In fact, I believe it might have been the first demo they ever recorded back when they were a thrash metal band. When they first, when they first formed, they were kind of formed as more of a kind of thrash metal slash hardcore hardcore punk act um rather than the kind of the the weird kind of eclectic avant-garde outfit they became um you know from the, the, the albums they released later on um 
and uh, they have re-recorded that demo uh, in its entirety and then released it as like a full-length album um, of all these like early thrash metal demos. And that was, it's kind of, I kind of admire that, you know, their, <laughs> the, the, the balls that, you know, they reformed and did this like short series of shows but they only played stuff from this early thrash metal demo. They, they didn't, they, and like a few covers, they weren't, they refused to play anything from any of their like major label albums, um, from Warner brothers, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, listen to the, um, to this demo. It's called the, the raging wrath of the Easter bunny demo. Um, and they've, uh, they've, like I said, they've, they've re-recorded it with, uh, I mean, they're not, fucking around they got some real heavy hitters um joining them for, for this they've, they've recorded it with dave lombardo uh the drummer from slayer and um anthrax guitarist and by all accounts all round lovely guy scott ian um playing guitar um and uh, yeah they've 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 sort of re-recorded this uh this sort of thrash metal album and um it's fucking great it it's it's a lot of fun um it's just kind of you know if you're into if you're into metal or if you're into punk, it, it's um it's a it's a whale of a time. It's not quite like I said. It's not as um it is it 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 doesn't quite kind of jump genres as frequently as um their other stuff. You know, it's not it's not another uh, disco Volante or, or California or anything like that. It is kind of more straight down the middle um kind of thrash stuff. But you know, the lyrics are very funny and Mike Patton. Is I mean, it, it's not like anybody needed more proof that Mike Patton is an incredibly versatile singer, but this is just kind of another another notch, I guess, um, in in um, in in that uh, particular bedpost for him. You know, it's like he could have one of those guys that like could have been in a boy band as easily as he could have just been a full time thrash metal singer, or could have just I, or any of the other millions of stuff that he did you know like just a, an incredibly incredibly versatile um vocal range and the, the he's able to just kind of seamlessly slip between all these different styles um it's really quite incredible um so yeah check out uh, the raging wrath of the easter bunny it's on spotify there's also a uh, according to wikipedia there is a there's a, a vocal feature from uh, Rhea Perlman uh, the uh, former Mrs. Danny DeVito uh, on there. So, you know, that's... Uh, I, 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 we're talking about, you know, eclectic collaborators and whatever. That's, uh, that don't come more eclectic than, uh, than Rhea Perlman. Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Bigfoot documentary I mentioned earlier, it is, I have found it firstly on YouTube. Uh, to the, so at, someone uploaded eight months ago to the ends of the earth Bigfoot Monster Mystery, 1997 VHS rip. So somebody has uploaded it. <laughs> it might. I wonder if it it because National Geographic is is owned by Disney now. So I wonder how many of these Bigfoot documentaries are on Disney Plus. Because <laughs> there's got to be at least a couple. Well, I, d- I don't know. Harry I, and the Hendersons aside. Yeah, but uh, luckily, as a um, I don't know I could. I've checked Amazon Prime. Usually, you find like some. They usually have a lot of god awful like B movie horror films about Bigfoot on Amazon Prime. I've, and I, mm, I should, yeah, yeah, I'll watch one of those and see if they're any good. And um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. um, it's 
quite. I also just want to. I, I just want to correct myself. Is I, I call uh, Rhea Perlman the former Mrs. Danny DeVito. Um, she's actually an amazing actress in her own right. I shouldn't. Uh, I shouldn't denigrate her in that way. Um, that was just uh, yeah something that I said to sound funny. But uh, yeah, Rhea Perlman fucking rules. Um, check her out in Cheers. Cheers is great, and Matilda and, and everything else. Um, yeah, she's she she's great, and uh, yeah, it's obvious that uh, you know. Why shouldn't she be on a Mr. Bungle record? <laughs> she can do a, whatever she wants. There is a funny moment also in the documentary where he's the same Henry Franzoni guy. He's walking into a bar, and as he's walking into a bar, they have um, Crazy by Patsy Cline playing. Almost like the documentary is subtly hit. I don't know whether that was... Just a commentary on, yeah. I don't know whether that was intentional it's, or not, but it comes across, <laughs> when we watched it, I was like, that's a very subtle move there to like... Play like that, that song, um, like that stuck, which just happens to be playing as he walks in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that that thing that Adam and Joe talked about years ago, where it's like you get those documentaries, especially on the BBC, because like the BBC have like a they've got like a weird blanket agreement with the music industry where they don't, I think they don't have to pay the full uh, whack for the rights to use music. They can use pretty much any music they want. So like you get these documentaries or these reality shows that are basically just an excuse for the producers to play a bunch of indie music that they like. And they just, you know, they do stuff like that where they'll play a song, they'll play a song named crazy to illustrate that the guy in the documentary is crazy. You know, just the most, the most banal way of trying to illustrate something. Um, and it's just, yeah, they'll use whatever song on the soundtrack. To, you know, they did that um, Jimmy big nuts investigates. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, Jimmy goes to a town and waits to meet a man, and then it's waiting. I'm waiting for the man by Velvet Underground on the soundtrack, and it's just. And then he passes some the, horses, and it's Wild Horses by the Rolling the biggest, Stones. The biggest culprit that I have seen is Homes Under the Hammer. They do that all, and the funniest, oh, yeah, man. most amazing thing was seeing Dion Dublin sitting on some stairs with a tennis ball, rolling a tennis ball down the stairs with. Limp biscuits roll and roll and roll and roll. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was the best thing. Man. The best thing that ever. That is, yeah. Yeah, that type of shit is just absolutely incredible. Like I said, it's like, that's what comes with just like the in, like infinite power, I guess, with not having to, not having to pay the rights to use any of this music. You can just... You could just essentially invalidate the artist's uh, original intention for the song and just use it in the most fucking like banal, illustrative way possible based solely on like, I don't know, one line from the chorus. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's amazing the way some, uh, some like TV shows do that. Also, it's like, that's also, I've noticed that, that not just in TV shows, but a lot of Richard Curtis films do that as well. Like the, you know, like his, um, I, you know, I, I guess I have to, you know, you have to put the asterisk there of like everybody loves Richard Curtis. Richard Curtis is great, blah, 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 blah. But Richard Curtis has made a lot of crap and it, like, a lot of his kind of like rom-coms and whatever. Like, it, like if there's a character, like this is just an example, but like if there's like, if there's a character that's like eating some baked beans, um, Richard Curtis will have found an, like an old Motown song called I Love Eating Baked Beans. And that will be the song that's playing as the character eats baked beans. Like it's, it's that it's, a, it's just truly a one-to-one ratio. Like it, it's very, very obvious 
like all of the music cues are just the most kind of basic fucking like opening up Spotify and typing in like uh party and then it's just you know like it just stuff like that it, it's yeah yeah <sighs> can't believe but I mean, like I said, I, the asterisk to that is, that, you know, Richard Curtis is great. Sometimes, you know, some of his stuff's really good. You know, he co-created Blackadder. We all like that, so that's you know, yeah. that's fine. We let him off for certain things. Um, was there anything else? Anything else to 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 we need to cover or talk about? Nah, I think uh, I think most everything's covered. I don't know. Um, it's usual same old thing, really. Lockdown, lockdown two, uh, Trump, uh, the Biden, uh, the uh, whatever. Well, yeah, Trump's finally said that the the Biden transition can uh, can begin. So it's, I think he's basically basically tired I, himself out. Um, I'm enjoying all the. Uh, I'm enjoying all the calling all patriots. Let's attend the rally. Stop the steal. Well, that's the thing. Mm. Uh, oh well. Yeah. <clears throat> Oh, well. Uh, Man United have won 4-1 in the end. Uh, Dan James scored right at the end. Um, and, yeah, full-time Bournemouth-Nottingham Forest 2-0. So, good for them. Good for Junior Stanislas. And uh, hard luck to Mark Goldbridge and Nottingham Forest. Yeah. Hold you this L. Hold this L. <laughs> Hold this L. <laughs> um. Oh man, what, I can't. I don't think I talked about it before. But there's that <laughs> that clip of him playing FIFA where it's like he's um, he's playing against Man City, and I think Man City get awarded Man City get awarded like a penalty or a free kick or something. And um, like in the game, you can see like Kevin De Bruyne in the background, like clapping the referee for awarding <laughs> them a, a penalty. He's like watching the replay of that happening, and he's just like, "Look at De Bruyne clapping! I'll t- I'll tell you what, I'll be clapping." Your bloody cheeks, mate. <laughs> it's, it's another thing where it's just like, I don't think you know what that means, dude. Like, <laughs> I'll be clapping your you cheeks, mate. Fu- yeah, you want to fuck Kevin De Bruyne? Like, what? <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't think that's the. That's not the slam that you think it is, man. Like that's like, I'm gonna clap your bloody cheeks, mate. Yeah, that's why we. That's why we secret. We love it. Oh, we like. He's so great. So funny. What a guy. What a. What a. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he. I mean, he's he's the English Alan Partridge. You know, we've 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 yeah. talked about it. But, um, so this was Junior Funners. If you liked it, please subscribe. Um, and uh, you know, if we make any more, you'll get them. Um, that's that's how it works. Um, we're planning on making more, so that's the good news for now, at least. Um, if you uh, if you want to follow us on social media, uh, please do. Our numbers are frankly pathetic, so uh, <laughs> like us on Facebook. <laughs> uh, well, I was talking about the the podcast account, oh. but yeah, also follow Lawrence. Is uh, yeah, get get that follow account for Lawrence looking a little more healthy. Um, you're uh, what are you at your your IB online? <laughs> yeah, IB wasting time more like yeah, no, yeah, uh, IB online. Yes. At IB online, so it's I B E online, IB online. Um, I'm at Ollie Munster. Um, the podcast is at Junior Funners. Uh, so that's that's three three new accounts for you to follow on Twitter if you're not already doing that. 
Um, we're on Facebook. Uh, just like the, the Junior Funners page there. Um, we post up the new episodes whenever they come out. So if for some reason you like the podcast but you're not subscribed, you'll see it there on Facebook. Um, I guess that's like a good way of doing it if you're an old person. Figuring out podcasts and subscribing is just don't even try it at this point. It's never You're, you're not going to get it. Um, uh, email us juniorfunners at uh, at gmail.com most of the emails we get at the moment are from Dropbox telling us that our <laughs> cloud storage is almost full um, so you know it'd be nice to get uh, some uh, some fan mail or you know some some fan correspondence uh, juniorfunners at gmail.com um, don't vote Tory and yeah bye